Hello and welcome to the Hybrid Coaching Podcast. Uh, today we've just got me and TMT going to carry on uh, with Tom and Ali's ramblings on what sort of we think health is, what it means to us um, and some of the things that we try and focus on to sort of improve our health and lifestyle on a daily basis. Um, today's episode we're mainly going to uh, sort of branch off from what they were talking about at the end of the last podcast about stress and all the negative impacts that can potentially have um, as well as some tips for you on what you can do to sort of like mitigate some of those um, those issues and then we're going to talk about relationships and how important like fostering healthy relationships and having like really really good strong friendships and how useful that can be for your health as well so i'm obviously very lucky that i'm joined by my very very good friend tom to talk about it otherwise you just have me talking about it which would be really boring for you. solo <laughs> yeah. solo talking about the importance of friendship <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how bad social isolation is. yeah oh dear that'd be ironic wouldn't it yeah um but just to quickly recap the last um the last two episodes we obviously went through kind of training um why it's important to do some kind of strength training or resistance training why having a decent amount of muscle mass is important for health and also just general kind of fitness as well um and then obviously last episode we went through sort of nutrition and kind of practical application of what healthy nutrition looks like and how to implement that and also the importance of sleep and like i said just touch briefly on stress management but we're going to kind of push on to that a little bit more today. Really going to push on into that. <laughs> push. We're going to push the boundaries yeah. of stress management. We're going to Gosh. do no such thing, really. Yeah. We're not going to talk much about any of the science or behind it. We'll touch on some little bits and like some interesting studies. But for the most part, it's going to be based on like practical things that we've used um, just to sort of deal with our very stressful lives. <laughs> and sort of tips that we we think might be useful to you but first a fact of the day oh i'm excited about this one because dai's not even told me what it is yet uh, this is very good how scary do you think velociraptors are tom terrifying yeah so if a velociraptor walked into this room now what describe it to me describe a velociraptor it would be something like ah okay i mean describe the velociraptor oh. That was my reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Waffles just jumped then. <laughs> Waffles, what do you um, think of Velociraptors? I imagine it would probably be seven foot tall, lean, probably like, I'm guessing, 140 odd kilos um, with many sharp claws and lots of teeth. Interesting. So, would you be surprised to find out that a velociraptor is about the size of a turkey? What? Yeah. No. Velociraptors, a turkey-sized dinosaur. I disbelieve. Well, I've seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jurassic Park, shockingly enough, is slightly misleading. <laughs> velociraptors were about the size of a turkey, um, were covered in feathers... What? Yeah, Jurassic Park is a lot to answer for. <laughs> um, so they would probably have been quite disturbing to look at. Yeah. So if you imagine a really stretched out turkey with a long tail, like 
you probably would be a bit unnerved if it started screeching and running after you, but you might not be quite as terrified as you would by Tom's 140 <laughs> kilo, seven foot killing machine. Um, to be fair, I, re- I reckon a pack of them would still be pretty horrid. It'd be like... Oh, it'd take it, you the fuck out. Like. Oh yeah, so it'd be like, I'm imagining like a land piranha. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like a land piranha. Um, their claws, what were they for? Um, scratching people's eyes out. Potentially that. Um, they were not for disemboweling or slicing things. Were they for climbing trees? No. Uh, we think that they probably used them. Is <laughs> this you and the rest of the archeo- archaeological community? Yeah, we, me and my colleagues <laughs> at the Museum of Natural History. We hypothesize. <laughs> but, uh, so they built... Um, replicas of velociraptors for a bbc series a while ago and they tried to make them disembowel things (laughs) i don't know if they used live uh subjects for the robotic velociraptor because that seems harsh but it turns out they probably wouldn't have been able to disembowel things with their claws and they were almost certainly for trapping their prey once they caught it like pinging it pinging it to the ground pinging Pinging it to the ground (laughs) so more to ping your prey to the ground yeah um yeah they probably pinned their prey to the ground and then just like started eating them what if their prey was big? Well, it probably wasn't. Ah, so they only ate little things? More than likely. Like BRs. Ah. Gosh. Mm. B- I mean, uh, BR is, some of you might know, is our friend. Tom's told me off for saying things out of context on the podcast. So for those of you that don't know, BR is Beck, our friend, who is very, very small and probably wouldn't have done well against the pack of velociraptors. I doubt it. Um, but I'm just imagining walking around and then a pack of velociraptors come and just like eat all of the muscle off everyone's calves. <laughs> I think they'd have like swarmed you and like, yeah, it wouldn't have been pretty. I don't, I, I doubt it. You know, like those nature is metal videos. Yeah. Where, like the pack of lions. Um, oh, nature yeah. is metal is an absolutely savage Instagram account which you may or may not want to follow, but it's very good for giving you a glimpse of what nature's actually like. Um, and there are some savage videos. Like, most animals do not kill their prey before they eat it. It's really quite brutal. Yeah. So Velociraptors probably did that. They, like, swarmed it and then just started eating. I think the most... While you were the most the ground. Oh, one of the most horrific videos on Nature and Metal is... The, yeah, there's oh. a there's a deer in someone's back garden being eaten by a bear, and the noise, the scream that comes from the deer's mouth is literally like. Where else would the scream come from? <laughs> Might be doing anal breathing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could do a podcast on anal breathing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get Jay Bell back on. Yeah, yeah. Jay Bell is um, has invented anal breathing. Yep. <laughs> an excellent method of breathing. Yeah. As an alternative yeah. to uh, really na- gets nasal your heart breathing. Down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good because when training is really hard, you breathe out your ass anyway. So yeah. <laughs> but it's important not to blow out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's frowned upon in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> so talk to me about strategies. How do how do the pack of Velociraptor? If they were going to hunt a Beck Ryan, yeah, <laughs> how would they do it? Um, well, they were reptiles. So they probably weren't endurance hunters. They probably wouldn't have chased her down. They'd no? have been uh, well, like most reptiles, like an ambush. ambush. They'd have been ambush predators. Ooh. So you can imagine a BR 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll link a photo of a BRF for you. Very small and strong creatures. To be fair, she's actually on the um, she's been on the cover of the past few podcasts. So has she? Yeah, she was on my shoulders. Oh yeah, <laughs> being attacked by a TNT. No, being attacked by a waffle. Yeah. <laughs> People have any idea what we're saying? <laughs> Waffles is my dog. <laughs> so I I picture it like she's walking along, maybe around the harbour in Bristol. Yeah, there's some bushes. Oh, like, are you just looking at the window? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking at the window. I, I'm picturing it, though. I've got a really good imagination. She's strolling along, yeah. being all happy that she's squatted like 100 kilos. Yeah, very she strong. She did yesterday because she's incredibly strong. Yeah. Um. So she's really happy about this and hasn't noticed the rustling in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> and the clicking and whining of the pack of velociraptors communicating with each other. Yeah. Which is entirely my hypothesis, by the way. Yeah. We don't know that they did this. <laughs> we don't. Um, but then one of the velociraptors uh, leaps out yeah. in the middle of the path Ooh. in front of her. Yeah. Distracts her, takes her attention. Yeah. Uh, she's focused on that. She's a bit scared, but she's puzzled by this turkey-sized thing as yeah. well. Um, and the others use this opportunity to surround her. Ooh. They're behind her. She... Then gets a little bit unnerved and turns to run from this one and is faced with like 12 more. Oh, yeah. Pack of 13. Actually, maybe it's six. They hunted in packs of sevens, I think. <laughs> so now she's faced with seven out of seven velociraptors. Gosh. And she has no you chance. don't stand the chance against seven out of seven velociraptors. Yeah. I, I'm still picturing them eating all of your calves first, and then when you can no longer can, walk, they can probably reach back's hamstrings and glutes, unfortunately. Yeah, true, actually. Um, but let's let's just assume it's her calves first. She's gonna then fall over, and oh. then they're gonna ping her. <laughs> you ping it to the ground. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> I feel we've diverged slightly. <laughs> no, but this is what people tune in for. I think my yeah. hypothesis about how dinosaurs hunted my friends. <laughs> Next week, what a T Rex would do to Ali. <laughs> And gosh, don't you want to know what happens when TMT starts as a stegosaurus? A stegosaurus. <laughs> gosh, that's not going to be pretty, is it? No. Right then, um, let's veer drastically away from dinosaurs. I feel like this was good stress management. Uh, it was good stress management. And also, highlights the difference between acute and chronic stress, I think. Because if you were yeah. confronted with a dinosaur, you have every right to be stressed, don't you? Yeah. That's acute stress. You need Which that. Which is great. You need that. You want that fucking cortisol and adrenaline. Yeah. Because you're going to need to run like shit to get away from those blast yeah. factors. For so sure. that kind of stress, great. Very useful. Very, very useful for you. Not so good for you. Chronic stress. Yeah. It's less useful when you get that response when you get an email. Yeah. <laughs> you're not likely to be eaten alive uh, by an email. <laughs> It's actually very unlikely, isn't it? Extremely unlikely. <laughs> but sometimes that can be an even worse feeling, can't it? Yeah. Emails are not nice, are they? Yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know how some people deal with it when they get, you hear some people like get hundreds of emails a day. Yeah. I get really stressed when I open WhatsApp and there's like five messages I've got to reply to. Yeah. Like, I, no. I literally like, 
I, I like it, this is actually sort of a valid point. It's really useful when if you do get lo like lots of like messages, emails, that sort of thing, to actually batch it and do it like once or twice a day if your work allows you to do that. Because it's so easy, but like when you get a message through to like instantly reply, and then you get like getting loads of responses back back through, and then it's the worst feeling when you open a message you know you can't reply to, and then you forget to reply. So actually, like batching it and doing it like like once a day, set yourself half an hour, get through all your messages, turn it off, go back to the work you're actually meant to be doing, and then do that again later is a much more like efficient way, and also like a much less stressful way to kind of deal with with email and messages. Like, like the point that we were making was that obviously if you get that stress response of a, a Velociraptor attack <laughs> every time you get an email, you're gonna be in a, a shit state by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah. And obviously it's like the magnitude is obviously slightly different, but the, the principle is the same, like um, sort of getting a stress response every time something like that happens and not having a way to switch off is so, so bad for your health that like you have to find yeah. ways to manage that because it's not just emails like there's so many things like that nowadays trigger that stress response we're plugged into like so many different like social networks and like so many different whatsapp groups and like there's so many things that just heighten your stress just a little bit yeah but there's always just something to do um and it, it sort of adds when you're always thinking about it because generally you've got all these little things to do that you haven't, if you haven't like batched all your like your WhatsApp communications or your emails, or whatever, and you're always just in the back of the head have that like nagging feeling that you know you've got something to do, yeah. so you're just constantly slightly stressed as opposed to being like a happy little br walking around the harbour. <laughs> you've got no stresses at all. All of a sudden, Velociraptor, run away! Yeah, she made it this time. Yeah, she got she got to our flat. It's yeah. good. She's only 100 metres away. She made it to the flat. That's good. And now she's like really happy. Not only did she squat 100 kilos yesterday, she yeah. got away from a pack of Velociraptors. And now she's chilling. Seven Velociraptors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, really interesting point on that. Um, did you know on social media, they actually have actively chosen red for notifications because it's more likely to get like a stress response or like have that urgency associated with it it's awful isn't it yeah so like so like social media platforms are actually really clever in trying to get people as addicted to them as possible and like so that that's just one one little thing that they've done yeah. but it like it's all, all those little things that are part of your lifestyle do build up and create this kind of chronic stress that a lot of people do kind of suffer with yeah and they are it is actively addictive because every time i think you mentioned it at the end of the last part every time you check and you've got a notification you just get that little dopamine hit every time that yeah. keeps you coming back that's why like most people can't sit for like literally a minute or two without just checking to see if they've got any sort of notifications yeah it literally like destroys your attention span as well mm. like think of the last time you stood in a queue for something and you didn't have the urge to pull your phone out and look at your phone, even though there's, you know there's nothing to reply to, and like nothing yeah. there. Just have like a quick scroll to kind of take yourself away from sort of the boredom of being in a queue. Yeah. Um, I think like practically one of the best things I've done for dealing with that, not that like we're perfect at all with it, is I think it was from essentialism I got it. It's probably been said like lots of different places, but. Um, Essentialism is an excellent book, and one of the main takings I had it from it was just to turn off 
all notifications. Yeah. Um, so I don't get any notifications for anything unless like it's only phone calls that I get. Yeah. Um, and I try to do like three times a day. I've got an alarm and I'll just go and check WhatsApp, Instagram, email, and respond to everything for like in those three br- like time brackets, as opposed to just constantly having it show up on my phone. Yeah. Um, so as much as possible, I'm not constantly thinking about it. I'm not being reminded by notifications coming through. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. Like, obviously, there's a lot of people that's like emails a massive part of their job. Like, yeah. social media might be part like part of your job. So you, you can't get away from it completely. But absolutely managing how your sort of relationship with it and just being mindful of it is so useful. Um, so like Dice, turning notifications off, like, it's unbelievably helpful you still find yourself going to the apps like all the time anyway and i i, I find um for me personally if i'm tired like towards the end of the week i know i'm more likely to kind of like mindlessly scroll social media than when i'm sort of less tired so it's like sleep does have kind of an impact on that as well yeah, um but that's something you i can think do. that's sorry like that's another thing that for me i'm, I'm quite bad with but another take him is trying not to make looking at my phone and social media the first thing I do yeah when I roll over in the morning and sort of like turn my alarm off like really trying to make a conscious effort that the first thing I do isn't yeah open Instagram because otherwise it's so easy to like spend 15 minutes the first 15 minutes of your day just yeah doing nothing and staring at it yeah and like like we said it's like you're gonna go to those places to check that stuff anyway if you on top of that get like a ding or a beep or what like whatever like your notification sound is plus it coming up on your home screen it literally just like takes your attention away um so just i, I think that the main thing is to sort of become as aware as possible of it and just be mindful of it so like something that you could do if you find like you were struggling with that it's like it's it's actually quite nice on the iphone now each week it brings up like your phone usage for the week and just seeing the numbers on there is actually quite shocking so something you could do just to like to make it easier to sort of monitor that is have like a daily chart where you just like on the wall write how much time you spend on your phone if, if that is sort of an issue and something you want to work on because the the more mindful you are of it and the more you visually see that the more you're likely to kind of i guess take a step back and and sort of be be more mindful of it mm. i think two of the um two of the best resources just in terms of like digital communications and, and sort of stress of that kind that I've read are uh, Essentialism, uh, which is a great book, and Deep Work by yeah. Cal Newport, which are both superb books. And there's lots of like different like practical take-homes that some people will find different things really, really useful. But I think turning off your notifications and realising that while we're well aware that some people's jobs do involve obviously replying to a lot more emails and like that is just part of what a lot of people have to do for their jobs realizing that a lot of the time you probably make it a little bit worse for yourself so you mentioned like not just like replying to email threads for the sake of it like when people you get an email reply and you just reply like thanks or something like that 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 it just invites like ongoing communication (laughs) that's pointless when you're already dealing with like hundreds of emails a day there's no point like bringing it on yourself um, and there's a couple more like really really good points in those books that I think I highly recommend if you're someone who probably has to deal with lots of digital communication. 
yeah. that's probably um, some excellent resources that you could use. Yeah, um, I've not listened to it all the way, but um, Digital Minimalism, uh, I think by Carl Newport as well, is excellent, some really sort of practical, practical take homes in that. And then also in terms of sort of stress generally, uh, I think yeah, because stress obviously isn't just social media it's, yeah, it's it's, supplier. Yeah, um, kind of coming from the um, what's the Stoic journal called? The Daily Stoic. Daily Stoic. Yeah, the the kind of Stoic kind of philosophy of just controlling what you can control mm. um, is a really really good mantra to have. Like loads of people tend to stress over things that they actually can do nothing about which is completely sort of wasted effort. Like, there's, like if there's nothing you can do about it, you might as well just discount it and like not spend any time or effort on it. Um, it's like in any given situation, like look at what is in your control yeah. and focus on controlling that and stuff that isn't like, just forget about it. Don't like burden yourself with stuff. That's not like you have zero control over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it sounds really simple to say, but there's so much like, people so often burden themselves with stuff that they literally can do nothing about yeah definitely um yeah because obviously stress isn't just like we said social media and messages like some people have jobs that are stressful jobs yeah um and there's no getting around that we're not saying that they don't exist because obviously they do um there's a, a ted talk that someone linked to me a while ago and it was actually really really interesting about um how your perception of stress is actually really important as well. It's not just whether or not something is stressful. It's whether you think that stress is a good thing yeah. or whether you're um, constantly thinking, oh, I'm too stressed, I'm too stressed, I'm too stressed, which actually just makes you more, more stressed. stressed. Um, and actually, I can't, I can't remember. I'll try and find it and we can link it. But it was, it was really interesting. It was talking about how people who... Uh, so they, they were they, they'd like graded stress objectively. So they, these were people with like the same amount of stress within their jobs, in terms of like time demands and replying and all these different things. Um, but they graded them then by people who like thought it was stress and thought it was a bad thing, and people who knew it was stressful but were like, "This is great. This is like what I want to be doing, and I'm really fulfilled by having this challenging job." Yeah. And actually, the long term health outcomes were positive for the people who viewed that stress as a as like a really good like something they could adapt to and like really drove them onwards and the people who thought it was bad for them yeah they were the people that succumbed to all those like the downsides of stress yeah like poor sleep and like poor health outcomes in the long run so i think that's where like you were saying about the stoic uh sort of philosophy like really really useful like realizing that sometimes you are there are going to be periods in your life that are more stressful but um, trying to embrace that as a challenge that you can like actually get some positive things out of as well. Yeah, definitely. I think like that that leads on to like the next point that we had to discuss was gratitude, mm. and that leads on really nicely because it's it's all down to your perception. Like Ali mentioned on the, the last podcast, like stress is this thing that we've sort of created as a, ourselves and put on ourselves. So, like I said, there could be two people who do exactly the same job role. If one finds it fulfilling and enjoys it and one hates it the one who hates it is likely gonna sort of feel more stressed from it um e- even things like low back pain in workers like there was a um there's a massive correlation between people who have low back pain and people who have poor job satisfaction and like are actually more likely to be in pain and that's literally just a perception thing that's not 
anything to do with what they're actually doing day to day. It's just to do with this, like the perception of, of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so like taking a step back sometimes and just like looking at actually stuff objectively and like, like I said, kind of going on to gratitude, being grateful for sort of the opportunity to do it. Like to, if, you, if you sort of take it into training, like if you really, really hate training, going in with the mentality of like, I, of... sorry guys, we were rudely interrupted by the doorbell going because I had a, um... I had an Amazon delivery. <laughs> it's my silicon toe separators and um, a callus razor and foot file. Because <laughs> I have quite dry feet currently. So. Excellent. Toe separators are actually great on there. Toe separators are so good. <laughs> I literally put toe separators in and feel less stressed. So. Yeah, this is a great way to de-stress. That uh, may well be purely anecdotal. I imagine it is. <laughs> Although I feel the same. <laughs> and quite strongly. <laughs> Um, but no, to back, but going back to my point, if like if you go into training, you're like, oh god, I've got to do this. It's so much of it more of a chore than if you go in with the sort of attitude and mindset of like, I have the opportunity to do this or I get to do this. And it sounds really sort of cheesy to say that, but you can literally apply that to anything. Because mm. um, there's so much like training, for example, for, like we we've mentioned before, obviously like injuries and things like that. It's it's such a privilege to be able to go and move pain free that so many people just take for granted and don't sort of make the most of. Um, so just be, like literally being more grateful will have like so much of, like it'll just make you so much happier and probably feel less stressed as well. Um, have you got any sort of studies or anything like that? Have you read anything on gratitude? Uh, no. <laughs> but I think it's really important to do. Uh, like again, like purely anecdotally, I find it's one of the like the most useful things. I I sort of try and make an effort to do daily that actually does sort of change the way I think about things. Because even with uh, like we're both extremely lucky. Like we're in jobs that pay us pretty well, and we love. Like I absolutely love coaching. And I still sometimes can't be bothered to get out of bed to go and do it. Um, so it's obviously, it's really easy for me, but just rem remembering how lucky I am to be walking to work at like 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. But to do a job I absolutely love is is like really, really useful. And you can apply it to like any situation. Like, um, like the likelihood is, and this, this always, I think, where it sounds a little bit trite, but if you are listening to this podcast, the likelihood is, you are extremely lucky. You're in like the the top few percent of luckiest people in the world if you just have the free time to sit and listen to this podcast. Um, so there are probably definitely things that you could be grateful for. Yeah, 100%. I think that, that was one thing for me, like um, when I used to walk to work, I now drive because I have a dog, which I'm very grateful for, but <laughs> actually being able to walk to work is such a privilege. Yeah, it's lush. Particularly when you consider that some people are literally sit in traffic for 40 minutes or have to get a tube to work. Can you imagine getting a tube to oh, work? No, I'm like I'm not ever going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but well, like, the people that do, yeah. you should be lucky that you... <laughs> Don't have to walk three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tube is a miracle, really. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it's where I think linking into social media as well it's so easy to look at what someone else has got and be like oh they've got all this stuff they're doing really well blah blah blah. but actually it's just snapshots and it's most often the best bits so thinking like inwardly and just appreciating everything that you do have is so unbelievably valuable for sort of mental well-being and health um you just do it daily so like yeah, Jamie Alderton had a really good um, idea, didn't he? I think he has a mug that he has his coffee in. Is it, is it, is it a mug that he has coffee in? It's just on it. A he's mug? Got, yeah. For his coffee? Yeah. Like but a coffee on, mug? Yeah, but on it is <laughs> he's got written like gratitude three. So every time he has coffee in the morning, it's like oh, okay. he just sort of in his head runs through three things he's grateful for every morning. Yeah. And doing something like that where you actively build it in as a habit, like when you're brushing teeth in the morning yeah. or when you do. So it's like it's really, really ingrained to do it then makes it easy to do at other times of the day yeah um because it's probably it's not that time that is actually going to be the time that it's important to do it it's not yeah. going to be like in the morning because it's easy you just like a nice night's sleep or like whatever you, you pick three things you're grateful for yeah it's actually the habit of doing it then makes it easier to implement when you're faced with something that's potentially stressful yeah like a pack of velociraptors like yeah. i am so lucky <laughs> that i've got two legs to run away from these velociraptors on or yeah. whatever it might be Probably don't practice gratitude in the face of Velociraptors. <laughs> just, just fucking run. Actually, I don't know. They're smaller than I was yeah. expecting. So maybe when an email comes through and you've got to do something, then yeah. then practice gratitude for something. Yeah, or run away. Or run away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll probably make you feel happier for a short time. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else with sort of gratitude? I don't think I have anything else to add. Like. Like do you, you said, how, uh, do you do it every day uh, Not at the moment. I go, I go through phases. Um, so I've had things like the um, the daily stoic journal and five minute journal and things like that. Um, and that having the habit of doing that was really nice. But I like I found trying to add that into my morning when I'm literally when yeah. my alarm goes off at twenty five to five most days was just too much and I was like at the time I was like I'm not grateful because I'm awake but I shouldn't be (laughs) Um, so I I kind of stopped doing it then but as a general rule like like I said just having that sort of perspective check on a daily basis is is unbelievable Um, and finding a way to habitualize it as well is is really valuable and I I shall get back to doing that (laughs) (laughs) I think even if you're not writing I think writing it down can be like quite a, a powerful tool because you actually like yeah. you see it written down in front of you but even if it even if you like finding the time for that initially seems like too hard literally having something so that like when you go make your coffee in the morning or like the first thing you do just just think through like three things you're grateful for yeah um or just like one thing if you're feeling really really shit find one thing you can be grateful for like and it can usually start the ball rolling as well yeah which is quite nice um, so moving on to relationships and sort of friendship groups and how important they can be for health. They're very important. Extremely important. If, if nothing else, it just gives you something to be really grateful for. Yeah. Because I know like one of the things I'm most grateful for is having an excellent group of friends now that I see on an almost daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think relationships is... it's so easy now to feel really isolated um 
I'm not sure exactly what the stats are, but sort of like there's so much kind of loneliness and social isolation currently because of social media and people not sort of forming connections. And this is just like purely anecdotal, but I'd be really interested to see what um, life is like in 10 to 20 years time when the sort of the younger generation, that makes me sound really (laughs) old, um, but children who are growing up now who are so used to interacting with technology and like people like like relying on tinder to sort of go on dates and that sort of thing what happens when they're like they're in their 20s in their 30s just what sort of actual social interaction will look like yeah um also like i think it's really easy to to think that we are sort of like shitting on social networking and stuff like that um and there are loads and loads of potential downsides and negative effects that it can have but it can also be, like used the right way, an excellent tool for fostering yeah, relationships. Like we've got some excellent friends now that I wouldn't know at all if it were. Well, to be honest, yeah. I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't know you or Ali if it wasn't yeah. for Instagram. Like Doctor Mike. Yeah. Like all these people who um, I've now got excellent relationships with and actively like make my life better by yeah. their presence, and it's because of social media. It's excellent, yeah. and like. Tinder, like lots of people have actually met people that they've fallen in love with and have actually yeah. because of Tinder. So it's not that it's always a bad thing. Yeah. It's making sure that you're um, not relying on it and that you're also like fostering those relationships like in the real world as well. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, the, as a tool, they're all absolutely mm. great. But if, for example, you go and meet a mate who you've not seen for ages and you sit down and have a coffee and the first thing you yeah, do is put yeah. your phone face up on the table. That's yeah. something that really, really annoys me because it's almost like you're saying, oh, yeah. I'm here with you kind of, but if something, if yeah. I get a message, then I'm going to respond to that because it like you're not as important sort of yeah. thing. Um, that's one of those, yeah, that annoys me so much. And I, I do it as well and it, yeah. I, I hate it when I catch myself and I've like, it's, I've been having a conversation with someone and then I've stopped talking to them to like, see how many people liked an Instagram post. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing? That must have been a rare occasion. You don't post very much. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to relate to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just make sure sort of your in-person kind of connection, like, it's so valuable for being, like, healthy and... Mm like will make you happier if you have a kind of strong friendship group and we we talked we did a podcast yesterday with Tom Hamilton which will be out in a few weeks um but he was talking about how he used to play football and he did his ACL and he was kind of completely removed from the identity of being a footballer um and sort of had a bit of isolation due to just like you're being taken completely out of that social group that you're part of and it's why things like rugby clubs like sports teams in general are so excellent for people and like why people kind of keep playing when they're in their 40s 50s that sort of thing because it's such as that you form such a strong bond that you you just can't like it is really hard to form in other places um but obviously from a health perspective playing rugby at 40 years old (laughs) if your knees are knackers and you got a bad back and your shoulders a bit dodgy is probably not a good thing um so trying to find other like other ways to connect with people whether it's like a running group going to like climbing we've sort of spoken about all these things before but finding a group of people who are kind of on the same page with, uh, with you have similar sort of values um if you have that you are so unbelievably lucky 
so unbelievably lucky. And that's like, it doesn't have to be like a group of friends. It could be like your family, spending time with yeah. them, that sort of thing. Just spending time with people that you like is so good for your health. Yeah. I think, um, I don't quite know how to get it, but also like realizing that relationships can be bad as well. So, like, friendships are not just like a romantic relationships, it can also be bad, and that it's okay to like not see people that don't make you feel good about yourself. So, like Tom said, like, I've not had like groups of friends before that I was as close to as like you and Ali, and noticing how much more positive it is being in like having like really really good healthy friendships like not feeling like you need to constantly be mates with the same people if yeah you don't have anything in common with them it's yeah. actually okay you're not a bad person if you like don't want to carry on hanging out with a group of people because they don't make you feel good about yourself like that's actually okay yeah 100% 100% um other sort of forms of relationship like romantic relationships and stuff like that is it's like similarly they, they should all be like massive like positive forces in your life yeah and in terms of sort of relationships that's where you'll get sort of generally sort of boosting serotonin yeah which is sort of being recognized within a group for example for like for doing something that's like generally what will kind of boost serotonin is like for example if you go up uh, like you've graduated and uh, there's a really nice example that Simon Sinek uses it basically like how cynic sun cynic sun cynic whatever um how how much more shit would you feel if when you graduated rather than having like this big kind of celebration of it having your family then see you go up and get your degree certificate it was just emailed to you like how much worse like how much worse would you feel and that's like serotonin is so important for sort of like general well-being and feeling valued and and boosting your happiness and then also um, oxytocin as well, uh, which you just get gets boosted by actual like touch, mm. be, like being in contact with people, that sort of thing. It, it those, those sort of hormones actually have a massive impact on your happiness and therefore your health. That's why we force people to hug us at hybrid work. Yeah. <laughs> We're just being selfish, really, and want all the oxytocin. <laughs> Hugs, fist bumps, high fives. Why well, we always look so happy just because yeah. we hug people so much, whether they want us to or not. Um, yeah, that's that, that's the what we try and foster within what we yeah. do with hybrids is just giving people those connections in a way that doesn't hopefully beat your body up and cause you to get injured like potentially a rugby club would. But um, yeah, just to like allow people to connect and build meaningful relationships is actually a big part of why we do what we do huge part of why we do it um there is actually there was um a study like a big meta-analysis that i think danny lennon um linked when he did actually we were supposed to do a a shout out to that on the other episodes weren't we as well yeah um so danny lennon does a podcast called sigma nutrition which is excellent if you want any like evidence-based um things on nutrition shockingly enough he tends to waffle a little bit less than us yeah he um fewer velociraptor based facts (laughs) more scientific studies on nutrition and training yeah so make of that what you will not as good as us obviously but he's trying (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's an it's an excellent podcast it's probably the podcast i listen to like most consistently yeah um he did a episode i think it was episode 285 of sigma nutrition 
um, called What is Health? And it's sort of a similar framework he's laid it out in a much more orderly and structural way than we Yeah, have. very he's, succinct. <laughs> he, he's even got a diagram. <laughs> but he um, linked a study in that that actually showed that loneliness and socialization isolation is not only correlated with poor health outcomes, so it doesn't just like, they're not, they're not just linked, it actually has a causal relationship. Um, so being lonely and like being feeling isolated actively drives negative health outcomes, yeah. which is really interesting and really, really sad and a really, really good reason to try and foster positive relationships and be nice to people. 100%. That that podcast actually is one of my, like I think probably my favorite it's he's ever superb. done. Superb, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it really is. He he honestly like lays it out so so well. He's got like three different pillars. Um, so it's, it's, it's similar to how we've laid it out, but he has gone into a lot of depth. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just got like the the whole point of this kind of these three episodes was to I guess see past what most people see when they look at the fitness industry, which is yeah. just sort of abs and biceps and six packs and whatever else and actually go a little bit deeper and look at what like actually makes a difference to health um and yeah that that podcast is he's so he's got the, his framework is unbelievable very so, very useful so we'll link that as well um because that that is well worth a listen um and lots of his other podcasts are great as well yeah um i think that sort of quite neatly wraps up our take on i think so uh stress gratitude and relationships yeah there's a, there's actually a, one, one more um source as well there's a really good kurzgesagt video uh on loneliness on loneliness yeah um and one of the one of the sort of take homes from that was like if you're feeling lonely don't just inwardly kind of like sit there and think i'm feeling lonely actually like reach out to people because like a chance are there's a lot of people kind of feeling that way but if you're not reaching out and trying to sort of actively do social things with people if nothing's going to change anyway, yeah. you're just going to kind of be in that sort of cycle. Um, yeah, it could be like a really, really sort of like horrible positive feedback loop where you feel a bit lonely, so you don't yeah. feel like particularly confident, like yeah. trying to do things with people, and it just feeds back and back and back. So it's like really important, like just try and talk, or just even if it's not like talking, because that can be really hard if you're sort of struggling with something. But like just just go and do something, just yeah. try and be around people, um, and there are people. Like there, there will be people somewhere that, yeah. that that they'll be there for you, for sure, definitely. Um, and on that note, just be nice to people because you don't know who's feeling a bit lonely and yeah. a bit shit. And I think it was Amy who said to me like, because it's always really funny if I go running with Amy, she literally says hello and like waves <laughs> and acts like a puppy at every person she runs past. Yeah, but it's because she, like, said to me that she doesn't know how many of those people like. That she might be the only pe- person she talks to that day. Yeah. Um, and that's like a really nice thing you can do. Like, what if you are the only person that they see that day that actually just interacts with them and yeah. just smiles and says hello? Yeah. Can make a massive difference. Like, I know I've been like just walking to work sometimes, and if I've not done my gratitude mm-hmm. and I'm just like head down walking to work, and you know, someone has said like hello and sort of waved, yeah. like I instantly am like smiling. Yeah. And, like, pass it on to the next person, like say hello. So. Just yeah. be a nice person because you don't know how much that could mean to someone. Yeah. Always smile first. Always smile. Always smile first. It's like hybrid rule number one. Yeah, I think it should be. Oh, no, rule, man, rule number one is don't die. <laughs> <laughs> don't die, then smile. <laughs> and then give people hugs. And then eat ice cream. 
the hybrid yeah. four pillars of a yeah. healthy, long life. <laughs> Don't die. <laughs> Smile. Hug. Ice cream. Yeah. I think that pretty much covers it, isn't it? Mm. Gosh, I could have saved three whole podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very, very much for listening, guys. We will link all the things we have talked about uh, in the podcast description. Um, if you think that on the off chance these podcasts might be useful to someone, we would be extremely grateful if you could um, share us on social media and like and review, rate, review, etc. This podcast would be very, very useful to us and we would be extremely grateful. Extremely. We would ex- uh, include it in our daily gratitude. We would. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be nice. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Bye-bye.